0: that 17 million kids don't know where their next meal is coming from, or if it's even coming at all. Yet there are billions of pounds of surplus food around the country at farms and warehouses that could help end this injustice. But all that food is useless if it doesn't get where it needs to go. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids before it goes to waste. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank. Find out how at feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve
1: hunger. Together we're Feeding America. To help solve hunger in your community and to find your local food bank, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad
2: Council. Hey, is that a faucet running? Nope. That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. It is? Yeah.
1: Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. The water comes straight from the forest to us, in fact. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe.
2: How do trees clean the air? They soak up the dirty air on their leaves, branches, and trunks, which means clean air for us. Hmm. Cool. I didn't know that. Yep.
1: But the forest does more than give us clean air and water. It gives us shade for hot days,
2: birds to listen to, and trees to climb. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know how cool the forest could be. Hey, let's go explore some more.
1: Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does, just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to
2: discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive.
1: It is Thursday, April 15th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by calling us on the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw hard seltzers made pure. Coming up today on the program, John Mercer from Marshall Women's Tennis. He's back in rotation as the Thundering Herd taking on Syracuse. That is coming up on Sunday, bright and early, 11 a.m. That's not too early. 11 a.m. is not too early. So we're going to talk to him here in the next few minutes. Marshall University men's basketball signing three today: Kyle Braun, Wyatt Fricks, and Chase McKee to the 2021 signing class that came out earlier this afternoon. We kind of know a little bit about Kyle Braun already. Um, he averaged six, 15 points, 15 points, five assists, five rebounds. Uh, played Scotland Prep and LA. Named to the All-West Valley team and to the Cal High Sports All-Division 3 team. All-State Division 3 team. Very athletic, very quick. That's uh, what Dan D'Antoni was saying in the release. Said he reminds him of Stevie Browning. Uh, he's a competitor and a smart kid, so that's what the Dan said in the release. Now, Wyatt Fricks, uh, he is from Georgia. Uh, Average 19 points and almost 10 rebounds. Three assists and almost two and a half blocks per game in high school. Winder Barrow High School, all-state selection during his senior year. He is described by Dan Antonio in the release as a Michael Byers type of player. Can handle the ball, can run the floor, very competitive. He's athletic, can catch the ball above the rim. He can play anywhere and shoots threes well. So that's what Dan said earlier about him in the comments. And also, here's a, here's a guy to have on your team. You want to have a little... Um little heritage here. This is some heritage. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Derek McKee. Played in the NBA. Played with the um, Seattle Supersonics, Indiana Pacers, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, he's a really good player. His son, Chase McKee, is coming to Marshall, averaging 13 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists per game in his career. I mean, that's a that's a good heritage to have, a, a father that played 15 seasons in the NBA. Not five, 15. And here's what Dan said about him. He's a really good athlete. His dad, Derek McKee, played in the NBA, has a good lineage, can play any position, one through five. He's a good ball handler for someone who is 6'10", has a developing shot, but is efficient with it, is what Dan said about McKee. So you've got some big, big big shoes to fill if you're even going to try to live up to a father that played 15 seasons in the NBA but at the same time you know maybe some of that rubbed off so this will be fun to see as far as the basketball season is concerned so that's what looking like as far as basketball is concerned of course we got a busy weekend ahead tomorrow softball taking on FAU and then baseball will be trying to get over the loss last night WVU defending their home and beating the Thundering Herd. So Marshall's back in action, taking you on FIU. That'll be Friday at 3 p.m. And then Saturday, very busy Saturday as baseball goes at FIU at noon. And then softball, one and three against FAU. And then baseball will pick back up at three against FIU. So noon and three for baseball, one and three for softball. And then the spring game will be three o'clock at Jonesy Edwards Stadium. That's going to be. A busy time for Herd fans if you're trying to do any of these in combination. You're either going to do baseball, football, or you're going to do softball, football, or you're just going to do softball or baseball or football, whatever the combination may be. A lot of Herd athletics going on Saturday. And, of course, tomorrow is going to be a busy time for baseball and softball, but Saturday, I think, is going to be really one of those – There's going to be so much happening on campus. Because keep in mind, I mean, you're going to have tailgating of some degree on lots of surrounding Jones C. Edwards Stadium, not on the West Lot. But there will be, I'm sure, some spots where somebody will be tailgating. And you'll have baseball and softball action going on. Baseball, of course, not directly on campus. Softball is football, all of the hoopla. The excitement is back. Is the excitement really back? At least it feels like it's so far, so we'll get an opportunity to see what the thundering herd looks like on the football field, or at least what at this point, because this is not the finished product by any stretch of the imagination. You're not going to see anything. You're going to see what they look like, how they how they operate. I think that's more anything you're going to see. This is going to be a dress rehearsal for how football operates on a game day. You're not going to see the playbook. You might see some plays, but you're not going to see the playbook. You're going to see probably a lot of basics. You're going to see the structure of what Marshall football does on the football field. You're going to see the core identity, or at least as it goes at this point, you're going to see the core identity of the Thundering Herd. You're going to see Marshall's going to win. Marshall's going to lose, but Marshall's going to win. Are there really, really losers in this? I mean, if the green wins, the white wins, I mean, are there really losers here? We're all winners, right, in this. It's not going to be that. I'm sure it's not going to be. Remember, there used to be, for a long time, Hurt fans, there used to be the the competition aspect. I think one side got steak. Other side got hot dogs, I think. I know, steak, hot dogs. I mean, some people maybe prefer hot dogs. I don't know. But you see what I'm saying. This uh, This is actually going to be more of a game-like event. Not necessarily a true game, but a game-like event. And I think that's got a lot of herd fans excited. I would be excited, too. It's not going to be just, hey, okay, we're going to watch some controlled scrimmage here. There's actually a reason to show up. There's going to be... More of an effort. Uh, I'm sure some competitive juices will be flowing a little bit because you're going to be out for the first time. You're actually going to be in front of fans for the first time since Coach Huff took over. There hasn't been the group of fans who go and, and look at practice. There hasn't been any of that. It's been basically you've been looking at your teammates and your coaches for the past several months, several weeks. Now you're going to be actually in front of fans. And I'm sure that'll get the energy going a little bit. And we'll see what Marshall football looks like, at least at this point. You know, we won't be grading. If we are grading, it'll be on a curve. But we're going to hear a little bit more from what that's going to look like later on with Coach Huff. We'll hear his thoughts on what Saturday is going to be. And if spring will be a success, what's that going to be like for him. What will determine if spring is a success? But when we continue, we're going to hear from John Mercer, head coach of the Marshall Women's Tennis Team. He comes up next here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930.
2: We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Coming up this weekend, Marshall Tennis back in action taking on Syracuse. And to talk to us about it, we want to welcome now to the program the head coach of the Marshall women's tennis program, John Mercer. Coach Mercer, you're up. It's uh, it's your turn to be in rotation again on the program. Can, hey, congratulations! Um, yeah, I think you've got the most appearances so far of anyone this year.
0: Oh, thank you, Paul. Glad to be
1: on. How you doing, man? It's uh it's been a few uh, it's been a few Good. days since we've talked. How you been? Yeah, yeah, busy. Uh,
0: like all coaches. So uh, recruiting,
1: middle of the season. So got all those things going on. You got a you got a match coming up on Sunday. You're taking on Syracuse, and you're taking on Syracuse in uh, what's going to be uh, known as Senior Day. Um, UC was canceled due to a positive COVID nineteen test uh, for Charleston. So. Uh, now you've got um, so many schedule changes. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this first. Uh, so Syracuse, not only on the schedule but uh, coming in, uh, that's a pretty good get.
0: Yeah, uh, that's great for us. Uh, I think they're 42 in the country right now. Uh, they're just coming off a win over Georgia Tech, who was 11. Uh, so uh, tough opponent, and uh, it's great to have them come play at home, and there'll be some really good tennis, so. People get a chance to come out and, and watch. We'll, we'll be there so, starting Sunday at
1: eleven. How did you make that happen? I mean, we're not talking about a team in Virginia or Ohio. This isn't a bus trip for Syracuse. Uh, I would, I would, I would imagine at least uh, uh, this is a a pretty substantial uh, travel uh, for Syracuse. Sure, we're not talking, we're not talking West Coast. But uh, how'd you get them in here? I'm just kind of curious. They called me. Really? Okay. Good job.
0: So, yeah, I just answered the phone. So <laughs> uh, yeah, so we talked a lot at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, everybody was kind of losing, uh, you know, matches and so on, you know, because of all the rules and everything that was going on. So we we kind of we had never played before, and uh, you know, we kind of touched base. Uh, the beginning of the year he actually contacted us uh, he was interested in playing and, uh, uh, it didn't work out uh, we couldn't find a, a weekend where we both had open at the same time and so uh, you know we just kind of stayed in touch and uh, you know again you know we don't, we've seen the, we did really well there for a while and at the end here we lost a bunch of matches and uh,
2: so that happened
0: and Uh, I think he wanted to try to get a match going into the ACC tournament. Just like us, the ACC tournament is coming after this weekend, so it's coming the next week. And, uh, you know, wanted to get another outdoor match in, uh, you know, and play a a good quality team, you know, on the schedule. I think, you know, they're trying to work their way into the – trying to get an at-large bid into the NCAA tournament. So, you know, just like basketball, you're trying to, you know, rack up some quality wins and – I think he, you know, thought that we could uh help him out there. Hopefully we won't lose the match, but uh you know, thought you know, was willing to come down here, they're on their way, they're on their way to Georgia. They're playing the ACC tournament in Rome, Georgia, so they're making a little stop over here. We'll be here for a couple of days and then uh, head on down the road. So,
1: okay, so I guess it is uh, gonna be know. a long um gonna be a long road trip then for them.
0: Yeah, well, they'll fly in. They'll fly into Charleston. Uh, stay here two days and then fly back out of Charleston Sunday evening. Okay. Uh, down to yeah, down to Atlanta, and then go to Rome from there. So uh, yeah, so that's their schedule and uh, worked out well.
1: Now, obviously, you're not in. You're not planning on losing. You you want to give them a good match and then beat them. Uh, yeah, you you mentioned you mentioned some things have not gone your way as of late. Um, Would you take away from uh, Cincinnati? that can maybe uh, get you back on the right track?
0: Uh, Got to get off a little bit better starting the doubles. Uh, we've been doing better then for some reason on Sunday. We didn't start quite as fast. Uh, it's a tough go. With, uh, you know, with a one-set, no ad scoring, if you don't get off to a good start, you don't want to be digging yourself out of holes. So,
2: uh,
0: you know, we end up losing the doubles point. And, uh, you know, basically uh, – Came down uh, to our number one singles, Anna Smith was playing. uh, We got the deciding third set, uh, third set tiebreaker. She was up 7-6 in the tiebreaker and got a tough overrule from the umpire in the chair. So we thought we'd won the match and uh, the the umpire overruled her call. And uh, we ended up losing the match. So, uh, you know, just like all the other sports. Sometimes the officials uh, get involved in the in the game, and uh, you know sometimes you get a tough call go against you. But uh, you know we gotta. They they bounced back pretty quick. It was nice. They had day off on Monday and Tuesday. They all came in with good attitudes and ready to work hard. Uh, so they're young. They bounce back. They get to play again this weekend. They're excited about it. So uh, it's. Uh, Good to be around
1: those type of people. Did you you get Showing. did you get all John McEnroe on the chair? Did you do anything? Did you you have? A... Uh,
0: unfortunately, I did after the match. Okay. Uh-huh. Got- <laughs> but I'm still I still have my job though, and uh, you know, so it wasn't too bad.
1: Did you sling a racket? Uh, or yeah,
0: I pretty much uh, no, I pretty much made it known that that really wasn't the right call. And uh, I didn't at the time because the experiences then it really doesn't get you anywhere. Sometimes it's not the best for the players, so I let it go and we end up losing the match. And at that point, I kind of let them know that uh, you know that it just wasn't wasn't a good call. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't a good time to get involved in the match. And to make that call is just put it this way: we played a lot of away matches that we've had that same thing happen to us also. And you know, as the visiting team and you, know, you never get that call in a weight match. And so for that to happen on our home courts is just, I don't know, uh, a little surprising, I guess, mm-hmm. a little frustrating. Let
1: me ask you this. But, uh, yeah, look, yeah. Does this um, does this make you and your players bond a little bit more? Do they look at Coach go, uh-oh, he's serious here? Um, I mean, that's because you're not the type of guy that I, I imagine is really – Having words with the chair. Maybe I'm wrong, John, but yeah, you, you don't you don't seem to like be the guy of all the coaches that are gonna get hot on the sidelines. I don't have you high on my list. And yeah, do your players? No. Do you, I mean, is that sometimes you just do that so your players uh, you know can rally behind you, or you're trying to you're trying to get them to gel? Um, what's the What's the plan here? Are there some ulterior motives? Yeah. Uh
2: no. I can be a little fiery
0: at times, so. Uh, I've talked to my bosses about that. So, uh, sometimes I struggle with the officials. uh, again, you know, I've, I've kind of given you a lot of comparisons between basketball and tennis and so on. And it's, it's really not any different. I mean, it, it's, uh, I played basketball through my freshman year of college and, uh, you know, grew up in that world also along with tennis. And, uh, you know, the umpires, uh, you know, sometimes they have good days and sometimes they don't have good days. <laughs> just like basketball officials. Uh, so, uh, just like basketball coaches, uh, you know, sometimes you, you want to put your two cents in there and kind of let them know how you feel about this, you know, how they, how they officiated the match. But, uh, yeah, you know, over the years, uh, I've had a couple of clashes with officials and, and so on. So, uh, but, you know. But in the end, you know, we all we all still get along pretty well. You kind of get to know who they are, you get to know them after a while. You know, it's kind of a, you know similar crew going around and going all different matches. We get good officials. Uh, we get a, a lot of the guys that do a lot of the SEC matches, uh, you know, come out of Kentucky. They come over here. So we've always had good crews. Uh, you know, that was just a tough one. So uh, believe it or not, and I don't know if this has ever happened, but literally – the year prior, we were up at Penn State, and our number two player was in the exact same situation. Third set, up seven, six in the tiebreaker in the third set. The exact same call on the exact same baseline. Overruled, and we went on and lost the match. So two years in a row, I've lost matches on overruled in third set tiebreakers. Uh, so maybe that was a little bit of my frustration uh, on Sunday. So
1: our guest is a Marshall women's basketball coach. Cause that's what it sounds like. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, 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 Tony Kemper now. I mean, I've seen Tony get hot. So uh, I don't know. I don't
0: know if I can do Tony's job. I don't know if I can take it. I don't know.
1: I've be. seen, I've seen Tony get a little <laughs> hot. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm putting you in that, in that uh, sphere. Now I just yeah, can't imagine. Well. I just can't imagine that associate athletic director, Beatrice crane, Banford calling you to the office. I can't imagine this. <laughs>
0: Well, you know what, we're all we're all competitive, and uh, you know you get in this world of college athletics, and you know when you've done it for a long time, and so on, and you know we all you know, we all want to win. We all want our players to win, and you know our players respect that too. You know, it's kind of way like you're going down that line too. I mean, you know they, you know, there's kind of an understanding. You know, we kind of go over it. I don't want the players getting involved in, with the umpires. You know, I'll get involved if I feel like it's necessary. right? Uh, you know, we don't want you guys getting involved with it. That's a disaster waiting to happen. And so, you know, and like I said, you know, we're all competitive. You know, it doesn't matter what sport it is. I mean, like I said, I played ball, You know, I played baseball growing up, soccer. And I played four different sports. You know, played two in college, you know, stuck with tennis at the end. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, if you're going to have successful programs, you know, like, like we've had, I mean, you're probably pretty competitive. <laughs> so the most competitive one is my wife, who was the
1: coach for nine years. So as competitive as I am, she's really competitive. Okay, she's yeah. the one I can this see is a good story. Yeah, she's <laughs> the one I can see getting a little hot. Now, I'm not not saying you can, John. I'm uh, just saying of the two of yeah. you, she's the one I see that can get up in a grill. Yeah. She uh
0: Yeah, she kinda does it with a stare and a glance you know, a glance and uh so on, so uh, that's a that's a good story in itself. So she, uh, one year we lost the conference tournament uh, on our home course. So one year we held the conference tournament, we had three match points. Let's put the match points thing today. But we had three match points to win the tournament and go on to the NCAA tournament, and we end up losing the match. And after the match, uh, they presented the runner-up trophy, and. Instead of holding the trophy, she just kind of knelt it on the ground in front of her, <laughs> and the bosses didn't appreciate that so much. So she didn't want to hold the trophy after we lost, <laughs> and uh, she was not in a good mood. So uh, it was a, it was an interesting story. But uh, anyways, uh, like I said, she's pretty competitive, so which probably leads into why my kids are so competitive. Uh, Fair. But,
1: First
0: yeah, term. so yeah, yeah, our team yeah, our, we've uh, been through some battles over the years. So, good one in South Carolina, which was really interesting where one of the officials told me that uh the reason he's not the head official anymore was because he didn't give enough home calls. So, <laughs> uh, that was a that was a good one. Uh, but uh yeah. So, it happens, and uh you know, there's definitely usually, you know, on the road is usually a little tougher go uh, in all the sports. So, you know, again, that's probably why I was a little frustrated on Sunday that we did get, you know, we had a, a, a match point call go against us. Uh, so I uh, can't say we've had many of those ever at home. But we had one. And, uh, But, you know, we'll, we'll move on and we'll play Syracuse on Sunday and uh, hopefully we'll have a great match. Tell you what, it makes for great drama. So if you know the people who are there I mean they they get their
1: money's worth right Right I, I agree with money. you they they got they got their ticket <laughs> price all... and then some uh, watching Maybe John Mercer go yeah. off on the sidelines there I I wish I would have seen that Uh look I don't want to get you into trouble John Mercer joins this Marshall tennis coach I really don't want to get you in trouble uh, uh that's an excellent story okay. so I will I will walk you away from that story now and, and let's talk about the schedule <laughs> Uh, You've had a lot to deal with. You've had several schedule adjustments. Uh, The UC match, for example, fourth match that has been canceled or postponed due to COVID. How have these schedule adjustments impacted you and your team?
0: Uh, Unfortunately, they were probably all wins on our record. So it affected our record, uh, especially not playing – you know, WVU is shorthanded and they're having the players, some kids blow in their lineup. And so hopefully we're going to be able to win those couple. I mean, they're pretty good if they had their whole lineup, but, uh, you know, but that ends up affecting us because, you know, like we've kind of discussed before, you know, now that we don't have those wins, it affects our national ranking, which affects our seating at the conference tournament. And, so again, it's just one of those years. It's like, what can you do? Uh, you know, so I've made a lot of calls trying to find teams to play, and you know, with the COVID rules and restrictions. 72 hours in advance, you know, or window, you know, prior to match, teams need to be tested. It's like impossible to get teams in at the last second. So, uh, you know, so we're, you know, we got Syracuse in. That'd be a great win for us. That would really jump us up in the seedings for the conference tournament. But, uh, you know, right now, uh, our national ranking is being affected. Simply because we just don't have enough results, uh, which is frustrating. So, uh, you know, so, you know, we'll play Sunday and then go to the conference tournament and play whoever they tell us to play.
1: What are you looking forward to? Um, what are you trying to get out of this um, other than the win? What are you trying to get out of this team in your final match before the tournament?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, from the day that I started, even, the, you know, the days where I was the assistant men's coach at WVU, uh, you know, our attitude was always, if you can get a good team to play, play them. Uh, you know, we'll play anywhere, anytime you can pick the slot and we'll get there and uh, we'll play. And, you know, when he called and he's like, we'll come down, you know, a past uh, the address or SWA. She's like, sure, if you want. And I was like, yeah, you know, we'll play. And the kids on the team were excited about it. Uh You know, so you get an ACC team in here that's got top national wins and, you know, is really good, and let's play them on our home courts, and, you know, let's give them a good match. And and ultimately, you know, that's how you get better. You know, you play these teams, and, uh, you know, I think we had discussed earlier in the year we'd gone and played UVA at UVA and and got, you know, beat up pretty bad. But, I mean, it was competitive, but, you know, we didn't win a match. I mean, but it was good. But then we came back and had the best win of the season a few days later you know, beat a team Furman who's 35 in the country and we're uh, 32 now. But, uh, you know, a lot of that I attributed that, you know, we were just used to playing that level. You know, you, you kind of get accustomed to playing that level and what works and what doesn't work and so on. So, again, just like that, you know, it's an opportunity to play, you know, a team like this, Syracuse, on Sunday then roll into the conference tournament. Hopefully that will help us prepare for the conference tournament. Uh, so that's kind of the, the whole gist of it. and. You know, the kids, they, they want to play teams that are good. They want to play, you know, name-brand teams and ACC teams, the Big Ten teams, and they like that.
1: So, uh, fun to do. Tom Mercer joins me, head coach of the Marshall Women's Tennis Program. So, with such a small sampling size and really not able to play consistently, who stood out for you so far? And where have they been successful?
2: Uh...
0: Madison Blue's done really well at three, uh, playing third singles and third doubles. She got off to an awesome start at the beginning of the year. Uh, it's a little banged up now, but uh, did really well. Won the other day, had a really good win in the Cincinnati match. She's won a lot of matches for them at three. Uh, so she's done really well. Uh, what has been nice, uh, Madison Riley at six has done really well. Uh, He clinched the match for us, you know, earlier in the year, you know, big match, uh, the farming match, actually. Uh, She's from over in Portsmouth, uh, so local girl uh, who made it back here eventually uh, as a grad transfer, and uh, it was great to have her the last two years. So, you know, she's been a real asset. Uh, Anna Smith, another senior, uh, you know, won. I mean, she's lost two tough third-set tiebreakers, the Virginia Tech and – you know, the one to Cincinnati the other day. But she won a 6 4 third match, deciding match against Middle Tennessee. So, you know, what's kind of happening is we're kind of like – it's kind of being spread out. Uh, you know, we're kind of uh, even up and down the lineup. And you just – you know, we play pretty good doubles. And we, you know, we're able to win some doubles. You know, sometimes we lose. But uh, Liberty, which was a good win, uh, we lost the doubles. but came back and won the match, won four matches. So it, it's really been just more than ever with our team. We're not, like, top-heavy. We're not bottom-heavy. It's just all throughout the lineup. You just never you're, – you're trying to win a doubles point and win three matches. Or you're trying to – you know, you lose a doubles point, you're trying to win four matches. And, you know, it's just kind of been that kind of year where you just never know where the wins are coming from. And, you know, on Sunday, even though we lost a doubles point, I mean, we were just that close. You know, we lost another match at five singles, seven-five in the third. So we lost seven-five in the third and seven-six in the third to lose the match. Uh, otherwise, we would have been able to pull it out. But uh, it's, it's that close. College tennis has gotten insanely uh, competitively close. I mean, there's probably like 50 teams like us right now that are between 50, ranked 50 to 100 at any given day. It's literally coming down to one or two points in a match. So, you know, with the no ad scoring, uh, you know, you can, you know, win one no ad point, you get a game, you win two, you got two games, and it might be five all in the third and you lose two, you know, 40-40 points and you've lost the match 7-5 and literally came down to lose two points. And uh, that's a tough go in tennis. Because <laughs> tennis is a little bit like baseball. Like you need to play like a lot of points to kind of get a – uh, uh, a feel for an average. you got to have a lot of bats before you really have a feel for an average. You've got to play 162 games before you really figure out who's the best. And, uh, you know, to sit there and say, okay, we're going to play a 60-game season like they did in baseball last year, that's tough. That's a sprint. And that's kind of what tennis has turned into, you know, with the change in the formats, no ad scoring, you know, one set of doubles. Uh, it's much more of a sprint as compared to the old days where you were playing you know, two out of three sets, regular scoring matches took forever, but you know, you really kind of, you know, it was to the advantage of a better team. And now it works where it's, uh, you know, you're getting more upsets basically is what's happening. So, and that's why, you know, you're getting a lot of exciting matches. You're getting us beating Furman, uh, but then turning around and losing to Cincinnati, uh, which is a good team. They're good. I'm not, you know, but they're not Furman. So, uh, you know, that's kinda you know, where we are in college tennis right now. So.
1: John Mercer joins me, head coach of the Marshall Women's tennis team. Coach, I, I know I've kept you pretty long before I let you go. Let's uh, uh right. let's talk about uh Sunday, senior day. Um, what's this class meant to you?
0: Uh they have been fighters for four years. Uh we had, if you remember our conversations over the years, we had some terrible injury situations where we're playing with four players, and, uh, you know, we're take six players to play a match, and we're playing with four, and our record wasn't as good. We, You know, this class came in at a point where we had 17 winning seasons in a row. And they came in, and we immediately had two losing seasons. And it was just one of those things. It was like the perfect storm situations. And, you know, it was a tough thing to get go through. And they hung in there. Uh, They hung in there. They hung around. They've been here the whole time. Uh, they've had some great wins, you know, like this past year. They've had some tough ones like like the other day, but uh, they've shown up and they've worked hard every day. And, you know, that's Danny uh, Dankovich, uh, who plays two. Nana Smith, who plays one. Uh, Madison uh our third one, who's a grad person, she's only been here the last two years, so uh, she didn't have the tough times of the, the early part. But the last two years, you know, 11-4 and four, and this year, you know, getting some good quality wins and so on, you know, have, having a better team and so on have been good. And, and Anna has really, you know, worked hard to, you know, play, play at the top of the lineup. And Danny also, you know, she came in and played six her freshman year, has now played, you know, some matches that won this year, one and two and won some good matches like Virginia Tech match and so on. You know, really improved over the years. But, uh, you know, just the fact that they hung in there when it was really tough, uh, you know, some tough seasons, uh, you know that's that's what you're 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 thankful for and, and really appreciate. So uh, that's where we are, especially now when it's so easy to transfer, right? <laughs> the transfer portal. I hear that's pretty easy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, but our kids are pretty loyal. I mean, they're they're pretty good. Uh, they've all been pretty good. We really haven't anybody uh, think we- That says a lot about the community and the school and you know the tennis program.
1: So we'll talk good. about the transfer portal another time. That could probably be another 20 minutes. Oh, um, and oh, I don't yeah. have 20 minutes. <laughs> I, I I don't have 20 more minutes, so I can't do that so, with you. John Mercer joins me, head coach of the Marshall women's tennis team Sunday. It'll be tennis versus Syracuse, 11 a.m. Um, try not to um, try not to get called back to the uh, associate athletic director's office. Okay.
0: No. Yeah. I think I'm good. Okay.
1: Uh, I got my two cents in. I'm okay. <laughs> Uh, good luck. Uh, we'll be ready Sunday. I hope yeah, so. We'll
0: be ready to go. I hope so. hope everybody can make it out. Yeah, really appreciate it. Senior day, so 11 o'clock, we'll do uh, a couple awards, you know, for our seniors, and uh, you know, then we'll play the match. If you want to come see some really good tennis, uh, you know, we'll be there.
1: John Mercer, head coach of the Marshall Women's Tennis Team. I'll talk to you soon. Good luck.
0: Yeah, thanks, Paul. Go hard.
1: It's John Mercer. I have a new... I have a new image of John Mercer just giving the chair the business. I never would imagine that, really, John Mercer being that guy that would go up against the chair. You're supposed to get those calls at home. I mean, come on. you got to get those calls at home. I understand that 100%. When we continue, uh, we'll talk a little martial football with you, Coach Huff getting ready for Saturday. What's his role going to be like? We'll find out when we continue with today's edition of The Drive.
2: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Spring games coming up this
1: weekend, Saturday, 3 o'clock, Joe C. Edwards Stadium. be our first real opportunity to see Marshall's football team in motion and coach Huff is going to be on the sidelines but this isn't going to be a controlled scrimmage this instead is going to be more of a rundown of what game day looks like it's a it's a game simulation so what's coach going to be doing is he going to be coaching on the green side is he going to be coaching on the white side what's his role going to be for saturday
2: i'm probably right down the middle you know I, i'll be excited for the guys that are making plays but i'll also be trying to get the team to the next play um you know, from a managing the game standpoint, I'm I'm not going to be on either side for the spring game. Um, so the the players know, kind of like we do when we scrimmage um, here on Saturdays. It's going to be kind of a, a me managing the situations, managing the game. I tell my coaches all the time, especially in scrimmage situations, let the kids play. Uh, let's let's see what they know. Let's see what they don't know. Um, and, and and that's kind of what Saturday's going to be. Obviously, the coaches will be coaching their guys up, but I want these guys to enjoy it. I spoke on the radio show a couple of days ago. And, and this is a good opportunity for us to see, um, myself included, how we're gonna act in the arena. Um, it's one thing to be, you know, in a scrimmage situation. Um, it's one thing to be at practice, but how, how are we gonna act in a game-like simulation? You know, or some players, when the lights come on, anxiety goes way up and, and they do things that um, they they haven't normally done. You know, I tell the players all the time: game day is not the day to make stuff up. Like you, you got to fall back on what you've done all week. You got to fall back what you've done all spring.
1: By the way, the radio program, the drive with Pulse One, the radio pro, the radio program, the Coach Huff was asked uh, earlier this week, what. Will it be? How will you know that this was a successful spring? Here's his response.
2: Yeah, I, I'll be able to gauge how successful the spring was by how our summer program runs. Because that's, that's to me, how you evaluate it. I, I don't have, Marshall's going to win the spring game regardless. Um, so I'll be able to evaluate how successful the spring was when our guys return in June or at the end of May, when our guys return, how much have they retained? How much better are they? How much uh, better of a knowledge do they have of the system? Um, are they able to continue to progress from the last time we saw them? I think that's what you got to do. I don't think you can say, hey, this happened Saturday, so spring was great, or this didn't happen Saturday. Because, again, there were things that happened last Saturday in the scrimmage that were great, and there were things that happened that you would have thought We've never coached football a day in our life. So what happens on Saturday is going to be just a complete uh, picture of what to evaluate when they come back in June or the end of May.
1: Coach Huff not looking for that short-term victory. He's looking for the long play as far as evaluations are concerned. When we continue, we're going to wrap this one up. It's The Drive ESPN, 94.1 in AM 930.
2: You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: Coming up tomorrow on the program, we're going to hear from Bob Coleman. He is going to check in with us 515 tomorrow. We've got the fountain ceremony coming up to Saturday. It feels like a Friday. It really does. Today feels like a Friday, but it's Saturday the fountain ceremony is coming up and Bob's going to join us. He'll be speaking now. This will be the Uh, The more of the, you know, positive, uplifting, moving. Uh, It won't be as somber as usually the turning off ceremony. For those who may be not as familiar with this particular ceremony, this is the turning on the fountain. So it's always, uh, they're both upbeat, but there is more of a somber feeling to the turning off of the fountain compared to turning on the fountain. So that will be happening this weekend before the spring game Bob Coleman joins us tomorrow 5 15 to uh, tell us about uh, what we can expect from him he will be the speaker at the ceremony on Saturday and of course we got the green white game coming up I mean I guess I'm calling it the spring game I'm so used to calling it the green white game and we've got that coming up three o'clock on Saturday of course If you've got your tickets, you probably already have your instructions. Uh, They'll be parking on the west lot. Uh, For those of you who have spots, uh, there will not be tailgating. Uh, Basically, this is going to be just as it was when we were last at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. You're going to have to have your mask. The social distancing will be taking place. And so... Uh, if you've been through it already, you know what to expect. If you haven't been through it yet, just uh, prepare for um, masks, social distancing, and eventually we'll get to the point where the capacity can be increased. And I'm sure we'll get to that point where masks will not necessarily be needed. We're not there yet, but uh, we're getting closer, and that's a good thing. That's going to do it for this edition. I want to thank once again our producer... Nick Berzellini will be leaving us here, I think, what, two more weeks? That's it. One of our best interns we've had in a long while. Uh, I appreciate him. Uh, Actually, I can't complain. We've had actually a pretty good run of interns, so I can't complain. Unfortunately for all of you, uh, Luke Creasy still is the best, and um, Luke pays me to say that, but it is true. No, Nick. He's a tough one to beat, and... um, I'll say this, he's doing great work at the Herald Dispatch, so I'll take all the credit in the world for his good work at the Herald Dispatch. Uh, Nick, thanks for doing it. I appreciate you taking care of me today behind the glass. We'll be back tomorrow one more time here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
2: WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and the drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.